is going on, ladies and gents? Welcome to this edition of Herb and Two. We hanging out in the basement as we always are. And we appreciate y'all for tuning in. Thank you so much for choosing to be a part of this conversation. As always, we appreciate it. It is certainly, certainly valued. Uh, again, my name is Herb. His name is Two. Every single Wednesday and Friday, we are here. Talking about issues that are currently impacting the black community, we talk about how those issues impact us as individuals and also how they impact us as a collective and along with your help. We talk through these issues in hopes of finding the optimum solutions for how we can overcome said issues. Again, overcome them as individuals, but perhaps more importantly, overcome them as a collective. Thank y'all so very, very much for choosing to tune into this conversation. We will kindly request that you please, please, please take a quick second to share the broadcast, share with somebody in your personal group. <laughs> share with somebody on your personal page. Anybody that you think would find value in this particular conversation or add value to this conversation, we welcome them to be a part of it. It is our sincere belief that the more like-minded individuals we can get to be a part of it, the better the opportunity we actually have of reaching those aforementioned solutions. So please, 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 if you would be so kind Take a quick second to share the broadcast. Again, this is Herbin 2. It is intellectual thuggery at its absolute finest. My name is Herb. His name is 2. 2. What's happening, good brother? What's up, family? I'm blessed and highly favored. G, how are you? I see you with the, with the fresh fade. You know what I mean? Fresh lineup going on. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Shout out to Shannon, G. Finally, my barber came back from Dallas, and I ran to see that nigga. You hit me? Quickly. He laced you, too. Because, yeah, he nice. Because every barber I've had in the last two years is ass. Not nice. Not nice. So it forces me to not get haircuts. We've said this on the show before, but, like, men are more loyal to their barbers than to their partners in life. You might have said that. I've never said that. So just for clarity's sake. Okay. Since you, I fuck with my barber. Since you disagree with my wife, I didn't. You, you, you missed. You, you took it out of context. What I was saying. No, I'm just. I'm adding context. Okay, let me ask you this then. Okay, how many barbers have you had in your life? How many people have cut your hair? Less than a handful. I've only been married once. I didn't say to I'm your adding, wife. Again, I'm just adding context. I, how I'm many partners adding, have you had in your adding, life? Well, my partners don't count. That's what that's what I said, though. Right. So that's what, that's I, literally what I said. Right. So, but you know, wife becomes definitive oftentimes. So For, when you say loyal, uh, you're listen, loyal always to your partner than you are to your partner. You know, once you have a wife, it's definitive. A hundred percent, always. So I just want to add clarity. That's all, right, all I'm saying. I, I, listen, I respect now, that. all the other women. I don't want yes, you to get I was your... much more loyal to my barber than all those other women. That's all I'm saying. I just want clarity. Say. Okay, you that's all I'm mean? saying. I'm, certainly, you've had more I partners than loyal, barbers. Loyal, faithful husband who only walks in the light of love. You don't even see other people, other women. Blinders on. I know it. Shout out to Nate. Yes, bless her heart. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you? I didn't say, no, you did all that shit. You said a lot of shit without saying nothing. <laughs> so here's the problem with this show, right? When we talk about relationships, because I am such an open book. And I am not going to tell you shit. And you are a fucking <laughs> vacuum sealed <laughs> shut door. Um People, t like, I get labeled with this moniker of, like, just being the wildest nigga ever. And it's just, it's just not true. 
But it's fine, right? It, it's become its own thing on the show. I accept it. I have fun with it, too. I'm here for all the hot boy herb shit, the Hollywood herb shit, whatever y'all come up with, I'm here for it. But it's not it's not accurate at all. <laughs> you know, this this girl I know said to me one time, she's like, it's like, it's like an art form, the way I make people feel comfortable and like they know me. Without telling they, them shit? When they really don't know me at all. You know what I mean? And that's true. It's like people think it's an open book, but you, you know what I mean? I'm giving you only what I want you to have. Yeah, and, I, I, and I think it's levels to that too because I think I, I think I do the same thing. Like I'm, I'm talking about how, you know, because I'm so open, everybody thinks they got me, you know, down pat. And it's like, y'all still so, but I'm missing the mark by so far. But there's a character trait for me, right? So when you look at my friend group, yeah. and, and if you really know them, yeah. right? Like you... Like Boog and yeah. TJ, yeah. even D for that matter, or Carrie, right? Yeah. Perspective of who Boog is, mm-hmm. right? Boog is the nigga when we were shorties. This nigga would fake having seizures in the middle of the plaza. For what? To what end? Just the attention of it, right? <laughs> Flat out. This shit used to be hilarious, right? If you don't know, like, Boog now gets attention for winning multiple Grammys. Yeah, Boog get to it, right? You know what I, mean? I like I, I used to send him off like, dude, do it, G, do it, do it. He would get like free food and shit. We share the food because people be helping him and shit. Like you okay? He like you know he was sh- he would shake the fuck out in the middle of Evergreen Plaza where hey, Evergreen Plaza hilarious. was, was Evergreen, Evergreen Plaza, Plaza. right? You when, the crack, when the lark and shit was there. But just think of that contextually. Then think of just how my personality. The lark is. was ever in Evergreen Plaza. It was okay, cool. But think about that contextually, and then think about just how you know my personality be. Mm-hmm. That's usually not the nigga you would associate me with. You yeah. know what I mean? But we think it's these. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. What they say, birds of a feather stick together, right? So it's some of that in me too. Of course. You know what I mean? Oh, listen. But the world don't know. I said these cameras don't know. I didn't say I didn't know. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But the world don't fucking know. I love to do hood rat shit with my friends. You understand me? I love to do hood rat things with my friends. I love it. (laughs) Hey, that's that's you know that's kind of how it should be, man. To that point, though, we are going to uh, release a Patreon page very soon, on which. We'll go a little bit deeper, right? To 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 expose just a little bit more. Herb will. And I'll ask deeper questions. <laughs> I don't you know what I mean? I don't I don't I don't know how much how much deeper I could I could go. You know what I mean? It's just, it's gonna get misconstrued however it is anyway. But it's all good, man. It's hey man, good. sidebar, E4O was selling us before the cameras came on, like, man, add some context to what y'all did this week. Shout out to E4O, man. E4O is our wonderful, wonderful, Absolutely. wonderful producer. And I love how you all listen. Yeah, we've just, changed our behavior so much. <laughs> yeah, we've changed our behavior so much. You understand me? <laughs> Completely different characters. <laughs> we need management, you hear me? But uh that was sarcasm, by the way. I had a... He didn't catch it. I caught it. I had a... He thought we were really doing better. He thought we were... <laughs> I had an uh, awesome experience. Okay. Right? One that we would... You would appreciate. Oh, shit. A threesome. No, no. Oh, no, my bad. No, no. I'm no, sorry. No. You say an awesome experience that I would appreciate. I'm sorry. I went too far. My bad. Right, man. right, right. So, I went to a meeting. I was going to... I was going to meet... Uh, Ex-Attorney General Eric Holder at the Peninsula okay. Hotel yeah, yeah. early in the week, right? Because uh, I was invited to some, you know, some bougie, you know, cheese and crack ass nigga shit. You sure. You know what I mean? Charcuterie. Yeah, that shit. Charcuterie boards around the shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm going to the joint and, you know, because this is Ex-Attorney General, he still has secret service and all that shit. And it's in the Peninsula Hotel down on Rush Street, right? So I run up in the Peninsula 
kind of lost, but the Secret Service obviously recognized that I'm here for this shit because mm-hmm. it's only white people and me, and I got on a suit and tie. So it's like either we're gonna shoot you or we're gonna yeah you're obviously here you for in. the black shit. You know what's what I mean? going on? But I'm talking to the Secret Service and out of the corner of my eye, I see a familiar face. And it was like, you know how like your mind responds like a little bit later than sure. you know what's actually happening. Sure. And I turned and I was like, Chris Rock! <laughs> Loud than a motherfucker. <laughs> he probably turned around like <laughs> he was like, Don't slap me. What up? So I, you know, I dapped him up or whatever. Like, man, I'm a huge fan, man. Yada yada yada. Just do you tell him that do you tell him that he is by far the most referenced Absolutely. Famous person on our podcast. Absolutely, I was like, man, we quote you so goddamn much, brother. Like by far, by far, you the favorite of the like maybe, podcast quotes. Maybe the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan is like a distant second, like distant second, or King Salim, oh, or maybe Uncle Neely Walt. Fuller. Early Neely on. Fuller, that's true. Neely Fuller, <laughs> but Chris Rock gets a Chris lot Rock of burn. Is, yeah, he got a lot of burn. Mean, but I didn't know he was in town. I didn't know he was doing the show, and it was just so goddamn random. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what? Chris Rock. It was so wild. That's you know dope. That, like, that's dope. And all the white people was like, they had no reference point to who the fuck he was. Oh, damn. Think about that shit. That's so interesting to me, right? When we think about like uh, Chris Rock or motherfuckers who be uber celebrities, there's the clip of Jay-Z riding the train and the white lady's like, who are you? You somebody famous? Yeah, yeah. It's like you, in your mind, you think like, how could Jay-Z be unknown to anybody? Different worlds. They legitimately a different live in a world. different world. You know what I mean? And same for me. Right, the most famous white person in the world could walk past me, and I wouldn't have no context. Oh, it is like it's like that for me all the time. Nothing about them people. It's like that for me all the time. In fact, Mac would be like, "Yo, there's a story about such and such, such and like who the fuck is that? I don't know them. Like you don't know who Katie is? No, couldn't pick Katie out of lineup. Okay, yeah, but that that was like the highlight of the last couple days, man. Just even seeing Chris Rock, you know what I mean. Next day, I ran into one of the homies. And she was at random again. She was at uh the little print place. What I can't think of the name of it. They sell like knife? no, right there on Lake Park in the little mall. They do printing. They sell computer shit. Like Office Depot, uh, Staples or something. Staples, Staples, right? I think it's Office Depot. Yeah, one of them. Whatever. Yeah. But so the homie Chrissy was in there. And she was like, two. She was like, you saw Chris Rock last night? And I was like, yeah, man, that shit was crazy. She was like, how was the show? And I was like, he got a show. <laughs> Is he at the Chicago Theater right now? That's right. He had a show, but I, I, I didn't know. Oh, dang. Right? Yeah. I'm, I just think this nigga randomly in town. You know what I mean? It was dang, so random. Yeah, he did have a show at the Chicago Theater. It was so random. I remember this from like the spring, and it was like a release ticket. I, like, I need to get tickets. I want to <laughs> see Chris Rock because he's one of my favorites. I'm going to have to see where else he's at. And go so uh, she was like, yeah, I'm here printing out my tickets now to go see the show. How you? What you think of the show? I was like, I didn't know it was a motherfucking show. I thought this nigga was here having dinner. You know what I mean? I'm going to go to Chicago for dinner. I'm going to go to Chicago for dinner. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, that's wrong. So she was like, yeah, I got tickets. Man, I was going to sell them because I ain't no fan of Chris Rock. She was like, but I saw your Facebook post. I was like, man, shit, let me go see Chris Rock. So she hit me the next day. was like, man, too, that shit was hilarious. Chris Rock is top three. Yeah. Hands down. Lee, Lee had tickets. He called me last night to go, but I had other shit to do. I couldn't pull it. Stand-up comedian, top three, hands down. Like, it just, it just. Yeah, I agree. We had that. I was having that conversation with somebody else. He, I said, he in my top two. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He, 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 he up there, man. Like, he's, I don't know who I would take out of my top three between Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, 
Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock, like uh, I guess all of them can't be top three, but they all in my top three. Mm-hmm. So just deal with it. Like Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor, Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle, they all in my top three. I like Eddie, but and I and I add the but like mm-hmm. he doesn't get in. I mean, I he's Eddie. He's iconic. You know Hilarious what I mean? dog. But it's not like I tune in to Eddie like that. Like I'll watch a Dave Chappelle three, four times. I'll watch a Chris Rock three, How four times. How many times have you seen Raw? Probably or Delirious. Once or twice. Really? Yeah. Like I'm not going back to it. I'm you know no I mean? cap. I could do Delirious forwards and backwards. Mm-hmm. Book in too. But I could also so, do I, I could also mean? do here and now Richard Pryor forwards and backwards. I could do Richard Pryor live on the Sunset Strip forwards and backwards. Like I could do bigger, blacker Chris Rock forwards and backwards. Uh, so you know, the, the, yeah, this, see that this is gonna sound horrible, but I, I'll go back to Dion Cole before I go back to Eddie Eddie, uh, Eddie Murphy, and not to say I, I mean, Dion is funny. Dion is definitely in my top yeah, he's ten for sure, maybe yeah, my funny. top five. I love Dion but that Cole. last little stand up. I, I found myself watching that three four times. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, Cold hearted. Go back to Delirious or Raw like that. When you talking about big girls like using the oven and not the microwave? Mm-hmm. Hilarious. Little girl, warm your fool up. Microwave. Big girl. Oven, three seventy five. Food come out. He said fries come out crispy. Like what's he for? He's like, and when you truffle these motherfuckers, I ain't even see you do that. Like, hey, Dion, Dion, hey, I whatever you want to put Dion, that's fine with me. Dion is hilarious. Man, I remember one time. Hilarious. This is in my previous life. Definitely T Murph funny. T Murph's not funny, but this was in my previous life. <laughs> you heard him, bro. <laughs> I remember man, I was out of town somewhere. Met these chicks at the club. Right, go back to their spot type of shit. And um, just context of like how out of town culture is so different. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So I was like, I'm hungry, man. I'm hungry. And um, I'm in my head like, where's the fast food joint that's still open at this hour in this town? Right. You know what I mean? Right. And this chick put a, a, a full dinner in the oven. It's got to be four in the morning, bro. It's. I was like, this is Let's incredible. Go. This, is, this is amazing. <laughs> this is fucking incredible. Hey, listen. Where do they make you at? Listen. I love it. E4O, <laughs> I don't even know why you participating right, you know in, 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 in the cooking and warming up food conversation when you know <laughs> no, no, no. that your niggas. All, first of all, when I'm you know your you niggas. You dudes to push it though. Right. No, I'm sitting over here thinking E4O about E4O look for the nigga to cook the food. E4O like, go, I'm hungry. Go warm up some fucking food. E4O don't go get the, wa- don't go get the wash rag. She don't do none of that shit. First none of all, of I throw down and I'm over here thinking, shaking my head at myself at how many times I didn't throw down. For Late night. That did not deserve it. I'm gonna tell y'all something real embarrassing right now. Come on with it. I put mean, on camera, Jay. No, don't put me on camera. Don't put me on camera. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I tell this embarrassing story. <laughs> All I'm gonna say, I made a whole ass Thanksgiving dinner for a nigga before. This is pre-pipe or post-pipe? This has to be post-pipe. Post. Okay, cool. Post, post. A New York nigga. Okay. So he ain't had no family here. A whole ass Thanksgiving dinner. I would take that shit back if I could. That's all I'm going to say. Wow. Women are so very vindictive. They are. You know what I'm saying? They are. Why we just can't be moving forward in love? Women being vindictive is also a piece in the Eddie Murphy Raw thing that you need to watch again. Mm-hmm. American women specifically. Um, that's that's funny. I ain't going to lie. Um, what would make it worth it? What, what, what makes a dude worthy of a, of, a, of a home-cooked meal from the hands of one E4O? Although you're going off the um, outside of the outline, I'll, you know. Sorry, boss. <laughs> Sorry, boys. <laughs> to me, what make him worthy? I j- he, 
A lot of things. That's a whole nother conversation. All right, cool. I won't cook for. I well, we gonna put cook. that one in the pocket for the Friday outline. Yeah, yeah we go. Because yeah, yeah. I want to know what makes him unworthy. Because why actually, you want to take it back? Because <laughs> it's actually been a while since we've had E on the show, right? And now that she's producing the show, maybe she thinks she's not going to be on the show. That's not true. That's exactly what I think. That's not true. <laughs> we got to check in on your love life ever so often anyway. And it's about time. Every time there's an update, we need to have you on. We know there's an update, so we need to get to it. <laughs> right. Let's get to it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Listen, ladies and gentlemen, there are lots of things we are going to get into on the show today. Jamaica has banned all violence on television and radio if your music or your production is centered in or around violence it shall not be aired on jamaican airwaves we'll talk about that um there's a teacher teacher in trouble with her school district because she attacked black women saying specifically i got the bitchiest boys in the world in my class y'all are raising Pure D bitches as boys. She didn't like it. Two don't like it. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Huge shout out to the homie, the legendary Ice Cube. The Big Three basketball tournament has been certified as the first black-owned sports league. Shout out to Cube. When people came, when he came with that, a lot of people were like, that's not gonna work. He, he kind of out of his mind. Or thought it'd just be like a little summer fling, a one summer thing. I think they are what they four or five seasons in right now and it's only getting bigger attracting more sponsors on television shout out to Q for putting that thing together shout out to all of the hoopers who keep that thing going um shout out to the Chicago cast that's in it Will Bynum Will Bynum is one of my all-time favorite basketball players to watch play the game mine too yeah he's one hands my, down yeah hands down he's one of my all-time favorite players to watch but a lot of Chicago cats I'm gonna I'm a name a few and then and I'm gonna leave a, cool a lot of them off cat man like Will is one of the most humble people you ever meet Humble to be that gifted, that talented, that committed to his craft. He is certainly one of the more humble, gifted people I've ever met. Yeah, you know what I mean. To be that gifted and real demure, real demure. Yeah, you know what I mean. I like that word. That's good. You know, I read a little bit. That's good. If you don't know Will Bynum, just YouTube him and watch some of his clips. He is one of the more gifted athletes I've ever encountered. Uh, played in the NBA, Westside, went to Crane, went to Georgia Tech, also went to Arizona, went to Arizona, then went to Georgia Tech, played in the NBA for the Pistons, some other mm-hmm. teams as well. But shout out to shout out to, to, to Q, but shout out to Will too. But be man. clear though, G, Will the Southside boy. Yeah, but I know he went to high school at yeah, Crane. He went though. to high school in the West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went, yeah. To high, went, to high, went to high school at Crane. That's when the Red West was cracking, dog. Like, mm-hmm. I got to see Will up close and personal. Him and my brother Ron was in the same class. So I got to see all of those clashes. Twice a year and all summer for four five years and man when the Red West was the Red West it was it was unlike anything else I had seen I I was first introduced to it when Quentin Richardson when Q was a junior and they Whitney Young itself had Quentin Richardson and Cordell Henry and Dennis Gates and others but the other teams had like Michael Wright was at Farragut it was some hoopers it was it was hoopers 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 and uh, by the time Ron was seniors it was Ron and Luther and it was Luther Head. Uh, Will Bynum. It was just crazy, crazy. The the Bailey brought this little Dave Bailey, Martell Bailey, mm-hmm. Sad Banks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was stupid. Just stupid, stupid, stupid. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, uh, we're gonna get into uh, Cuban and his and his accomplishment as well. Uh, we talked about Prime a little bit last week for his inter uh, his altercation midfield with Eddie Robinson Jr., who has the most deceiving name in the history of names. 
Uh, he should change. I find that hard to believe, G. I do too, but I just tend to, I tend to rock with Gardas be knowing shit. Yeah, I find that hard to believe. I find it extremely hard to believe, but I rock with Gardas so much. I didn't even fact check it. I'm not gonna lie to you. I didn't even fact check it. Gardas said he did, and so I was like, okay, I Gardas ain't lied to me yet. I assume he actually did fact check it. And that dude is not Eddie Robinson Sr.'s, well, he's not Eddie Robinson's son. He's At not all. Eddie Robinson, the Grambling historical, legendary if Grambling. That's, if that's the case, G, whoever his father is. He did it on purpose. Like, he had that boy's life pre-planned since sperm cell. Or, or, his mother's a genius. Either or. Because that just. And she was really rocking with Eddie Robinson Yeah, Sr. that math is amazing to me. And her, his daddy just didn't know it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, I'm gonna name that, him Eddie. I'm gonna name him Eddie Robinson <laughs> Junior. Just for fun. <laughs> just for fun. Just for fun. We going Eddie Robinson Jr. It's not the Junior Junior. It's just Jr. Jr. It's just Jr. <laughs> <laughs> um, we gonna talk about all of those things and more, but let's start with Yemen's. Who's that? Ice Cube. Big three, same as who it was last week. Yay! Hey man, look, Yay needs help, a lot of it, right? And I know there's a lot of conversation around, you know, whatever Yay's actions are, <laughs> but I don't put very much stock in Yay. You know, uh, I watched the interview. You know, because it's like a car crash. It's like it's hard to turn away from. You know what I mean? But I also always pay attention to the ancillary shit that surrounds Jay. The responses from the masses of people. Here, you know how we used to talk about epitomology. I used to bring yeah. forth the word epitomology, like like understanding what words really mean. Masses, the 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 epitomological meaning of masses, the masses of people. Masses is a is a, 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 a not Roman, but Greek word, Greek. Mm-hmm. meaning to not be a part of clergy, not being informed, not of knowing of the church. Ah, so it, by it's by the very nature of the the word, it means dumb, left out of the fold of the information. That's interesting that the word has evolved into just the overwhelming majority of society, which is still it, it very is dumb. What it is right, right. <laughs> right. So vote, same thing. It means to wish. Mm. You know what I mean. Mm. So, but I, I bring that, in the, I bring that in, the, knowledge. in the context because it's important because it it, it it reflects where we really are as a society. Yeah. So a week ago, Yay comes out, no context, with a T-shirt that says "White Lives Matter." Right. And the world goes crazy. Sure. Right. I responded to that even in the little two minute drill. Not I, I people. I wrote an op ed about that. Okay. Right. Got yeah. picked up by blog. Shit got went viral. I told you that I was reading the comments and I realized how many people didn't read the shit I wrote. They were just responding to the image. All right. So in responding to the image with no context of what I actually wrote, you were either for or against yay. Right. The shit that I wrote wasn't about yay. It was about our response to yay's behaviors. Mm-hmm. Right. And why that shit is so interesting to me. Right. Because I said we live in a society that only values Money and fame, right? So in a society that only has a value predicated on money and fame. Yeah, can't be wrong. An idiot can be king. Right. You know what I mean? He got money and he's famous. He got money and he's famous, right? So 
But I'm really doing a critique of the masses, not of Ye. I don't give a fuck what Ye do. Sure. Ye been doing Ye for the last how many years he's been in the public for it. You sure. know what I mean? Sure. So I'm looking at the comments and I'm realizing a good 60% of these motherfuckers didn't read nothing I wrote. Right? So that is what it was. Right? And But even without reading what I wrote, everybody had an opinion. Ye is this, so Ye is that, Ye whatever. Week later, he does a show with Nori. And them same dissenting opinions are now favorable opinions. You know what I mean? Then there's some other people who still have dissenting opinions, right? But I think the ones with the dissenting opinion, I think it's interesting because it kind of speaks to the polarities of where you are in your life. Most of the people with dissenting opinions are either funded by or undergirded by the community in which Ye is defacing. Denigrating, right. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And those who are for it are Outside of the fray, the masses. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, and it's been, but again, for me, what's interesting is not Ye at all. I don't give a fuck what Ye do. Right? I think Ye's just a lightning rod for other interesting conversations, important conversations. One being, you mentioned this before the cameras went mm-hmm. on. Said he, he Maverick and them and Bron and them ain't put out the show. Right. Which to me is really where it gets interesting. LeBron's the, the, uh, what they got the barber they got shop, a, whatever a it's called. called the shop LeBron and Maverick uh, Carter right and Kanye was on the show and they chose not to put it out and they chose not to put it out I'm gonna speak about Nori too right I'm gonna but speak also about he's on a major them. major like broadcast network like I don't know if it was like, he was on Tucker Carlson right right, right? right. and they said Tucker edited out a lot of shit right. but he was on Tucker Carlson mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right but I think what's Again, I watched the Nori interview as it aired. Right. Right? Kanye said whatever he was going to say at whatever time he was going to say it, and I watched Nori apologize throughout the duration of the conversation about the words that came out of Kanye's mouth. Mm -hmm. Right? Because you're apologizing to your master. Mm Mm-hmm. But you signed, you're trying to serve two masters. Oh, yeah. Because you got Ye on there because you know he's going to boost your ratings. Sure. Right? Then today, Nori's doing an apology tour. An apology tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So, but you can't operate like that. And and this is what bothers me most about that whole shit. I know what you're about to Both say. Both of these people, Ye and Nori. Mm-hmm. Nori identifies Ye as a friend. So let's go back a couple months. Mm. When Nori did the first Ye interview, it was humongous for Nori. Right. Nobody was fucking with Ye then. Right. For whatever he had did in that moment. Right. You know what I mean? I don't even remember what that was. It's a new Ye moment. It was frequently. A, right. He got a, we got a Ye moment every couple months. Yeah. You know what I mean? But Nori was like, you know, this is my friend. Good, bad, and different. This is my friend. It's my homie. I'm I can rocking. fuck with that. I can too. You know what I mean? I can rock with that. Two months later, you're using Ye for the same purposes. Oh, yeah. Right? But now he's offended a bigger threat. Yeah, because he does. You got to talk in the mic. You can't just hold it. You can't just you talk, can't to, just us. talk to us. We're show. recording. Because he had just done the White Lives Matter stuff or you know whatever on the t-shirt so then nori called him in that's second time i'm that's talking about a few months back though he did i don't even remember what that but i'm saying this time he probably brought him in for that or the mm-hmm. anti-semantic stuff that he said or whatnot right and now i think yay understood there was nowhere else he could go have his voice heard like once lebron them took him down tucker carlson super edited everything he had to say there's no major platform I can go to, but I can hear my man's Nori will let me come do drink champs, and I'm still gonna get seen by having many millions of people, right? I fully disagree. 
With what? What you just said. The net Ye couldn't reach a, a more a, a larger platform. Right. Not to say the shit he said on Drink Champs. Yes, he could. And I'm and I'm gonna tell you why. Mm-hmm. Right? It goes back to the very reason why Nori let him do it the first time and the second time. This is what I'm talking about. So well, I'm gonna get into that a little later. Mm-hmm. Right? But what I say, money and fame are the value assets of this society. And in a society where money and fame are the value assets, then a fool can be king, right? Tucker Carlson had him on his show for the same reason Nori had him on the show. Ratings. Kanye is Kanye for the same reason across the board. But what do we say about white people all the time, right? It's about the dollar up to a certain extent. We're not going to sacrifice the power or the control for the money. We want the power and the control even if it costs us a little bit of bread, because we can always run the bread back because we we got the power and the control. Context, though. All I'm saying is who Ye is. He's a lightning rod for ratings. For sure. Right? Anywhere he goes, he's going to spike ratings, which in turn is going to generate capital. Period. Right? For sure. Now, just like I just said about the Chris Rock shit, walking through the hallways and nobody knew him, he's still that guy in the white world. Six billion dollars ain't shit in that world. Sure. You know what I mean? You're not the lightning rod. You're a lightning rod, but you don't have any influence on this side of the table. Sure. You know what I mean? But I'm speaking to our level of cowardice. I'm I'm speaking to the black level of cowardice. That's one of the ancillary things that fell off the table for me. Right? Braun, Maverick come out and say, we're not going to air the Kanye show. First of all, Braun and Maverick, nobody knew you recorded a yay show. Why do you have to come out and say that? You can just not put it out. But you got to tell your master, I'm in alignment. Hey, boss. Hey, boss. Hey, boss. It's a nigga talking about escaping, boss. It's a nigga trying to run. Hey, boss. He's trying to go north to free. You could have just shut the fuck up. You could have just shut the fuck up. We didn't know what the fuck you recorded, cuz. We ain't know you had one. You ain't promoted that. Right. You know what I mean? If we don't drop this episode, y'all just won't know. It don't happen. You understand? So you putting out that information was for someone else to hear. That's true. It's a good point. That's some coward shit. It's a good point. I, I I I will say this though, right? When you talk about you know Yay and his fame and his money, because of that, I don't think you can absolve him of what he says. So I, I feel you when you like, yo, I ain't even tripping off Yay. I'm tripping off the masses and how we respond to it. Because he does carry the social cachet that he does, I think there has to be some level of accountability or responsibility for the things that he says or the things that he puts out, right? It, it, it has to be. It shouldn't be different. That shouldn't be different from the conversation that we're going to have later about the the Jamaican violence ban in terms of their media and, and whatnot. Because you can reach a larger demographic, you have some responsibility for what the fuck you say. It's not just a nigga on the corner popping off. You are yay, right? You earned it, cool. Maybe that ain't fair, right? Maybe you can go back to the, the the Charles Barkley and I'm not a role model shit. I'm just a hooper. Maybe it ain't fair, but fair or not, right? You reap the benefits off of your fame, your celebrity. That has to come with some responsibility if you to not say reckless shit that could diminish the efforts of the black collective, and I think Ye did that in several instances in his Drink Champs interview. So you remember a long time ago I said that the, the black community was the moral standard of America? Yeah. Because we didn't have anything else to offer, mm-hmm. right? 
No one else holds true to none of those morality standards. No one. Agreed. Right? Only us. Agreed. And we hold ourselves to those standards, and we hold those that we can hold right, to those to standards. Right, to whatever degree we can. To right. whatever which degree we can, which is very minimal. Mm-hmm. But no one else, no other community in America has a standard. Sure. None, right? Chase Bank debanked Kanye, which I think is saying foul shit. What did I just tell you right? about money versus power and control? My, my, my you, point, though, you take I just, your six billion and kick rocks, but nigger. Con- I just want to add context and how this Bron coming out and say, "Hey, man, we took that show down." Is some coward shit. Even sure. Nori apologizing all the way through, right? Chase Bank will debank Kanye, right? Last week, uh, what's the lady's name? The lady who used to be in uh, Michael Myers movies, the, the the sister, Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. Did y'all hear the shit that she said? I did. She came out on some platform and was crying and pleading and saying how Ye was a, a basically he was an asshole. And his kids need to be taken and away. And sh- we should take his children from him. Mm-hmm. You understand me? Yeah. We should take his children from him because he had some denigrating words to say about the Jewish collective. Yes. Right? Yes. Wait a minute, G. We can't cancel Donald Trump. No. Donald Trump was urging people to We can't cancel Donald on- Imus. <laughs> or, we, or we can go down the line. You know what I mean? You understand know what I'm saying? Yeah. Who, what's the Clippers motherfucker on the name who just got Yeah, fired? him too. Right? Or Donald Sterling before Donald him. Sterling, all the Donalds. All the Donalds. Donald, I miss Sterling, Trump, we, all the Donalds. Every Donald week, Duck, motherfucker. Every week we can name we, a person that denigrates <laughs> our community. Yeah. Right? When Donald Sterling sure. did what he did, them, and it, no, let's not even use that one. Okay. Let's use Milwaukee. Our homie who's here, who used to do the stuff with the Mosswitters, whose cousin got shot in Milwaukee. Ooh, right, 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 right. The, um, the big news story. They were in the yeah. bubble in the playoffs. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Milwaukee was in the playoffs, about to play Braun and them. Yeah. Milwaukee came out and said, we ain't playing. Probably the most gangster move from an NBA team since Bill Russell. Sure. Braun being Braun said, no, we're going to play. Yeah. And because the rest of them follow Bron and Bron's value economically, if Bron say it, we going to do it. Right. Same motherfucker that comes out a year or two years later telling you about a show that he's not going to put out that nobody knew you had in the first fucking place. We know where his you allegiances are. You serve the same master. Yeah. We know where your allegiances are. Yeah. Right? And therein lies my problem. In a lot of ways, what Ye does is outs a lot of you phony motherfuckers. Oh, yeah, listen. Anytime somebody is pushing the envelope that fucking far, it is going to expose everyone else for which side of the line they're on, right? I just can't, I, I, won't, I won't excuse his behavior, right? I do think there are some benefits from it. You do see people come out on one side or the other and it's like, oh, now we know where you at. Not that we didn't know where LeBron was at. We know it ain't a black issue in the world that he gonna sacrifice his Nike contract, his NBA contract, his NBA aspirations to be an owner, which is really what drives him as much or more than anything else, right? He wants to own an NBA franchise. He's been very, very clear about that goal. I believe he's going to accomplish that goal, and he's not going to let anything stand in the way of that, black issue or not. But therein lies our problem. Sure, right? I agree. So, and, and again, right, I'm not, I don't want to wash over Ye's responsibility. You know what I mean? That's not what I'm doing here, right? But it's almost like looking for the child to be responsible for the house. 
Let me let me let me let me stick with with Brian just for a second. Let's just think about LeBron's life. All right. By 13, 14 years old, he's a national star, right? Relative to his age and everything. He's on the cover of Slam. He's 14 years old, 15 years old. And everything that he consumes, right? Every piece of advice that he's given is to stay away from them niggas, bro. Like, you could have this, that, and the third, but you got to stay away from them niggas, okay? So we're going to put you in what St. Jane, whatever the fucking school was, mm-hmm. right? We're going to put you in the fucking school. We're going to put you in the private school, in the Catholic school. We're going to do this, do that, and the third. Just look, stay away from them niggas. I know you're from the hood. I know you got a single mother that grew up in the hood and all that shit. Stay away from that shit and you'll be fine. If you've been hearing that, I mean, we found out about him at 14. I imagine whoever fucking saw the nigga hoop at 10 was like, hey, this is something different. Mm-hmm. Stay out the bullshit. Stay out the bullshit. America being what it is, the bullshit just is the niggas. Stay away from them niggas. Stay away from them niggas. Stay away from them niggas. Since you 10, mm-hmm. now at 35 years old, a quarter of a century, everybody's been like, you can have the whole fucking world just stay away from them niggas to expect LeBron to be like, I care about what them niggas care about would be. I'm not arguing that at all. Yeah. I agree with you totally. Mm-hmm. But those same disconnected, not involved, not of understanding masses. Sure. We think we live the life Bron lives. And we sure. think we live the life Bron lives. Because we've aligned ourselves with those philosophies and those versions of leadership, mm-hmm. right? The reason why Ye is in the forefront and Cornell West isn't because we're tuned into Ye's message. 100%. Right? I said the other day that Ali was the greatest athlete to ever live. And it had not, and he was a monster in the ring. But him being the greatest athlete that ever lived in my life yeah. had nothing to do with what the fuck he did in the ring. Ooh, that clip you sent me, boy. You understand what I'm saying? That clip you sent me, boy. But, but context... Yeah. We have Walter Beach on all the time, right? Yeah. Beach is my godfather. Beach has a Super Bowl ring. Yeah. Beach has, he's experienced historic he's moments a lot of, life. of black culture. Yeah. Right? What did Beach say? When we went to the Ali Summit, we flew out. Every black person there. in America have seen Uncle Walt. You just don't know it. You just don't know it, right? He's in the most iconic, one of the most iconic photos, black photos in the history. ever, yeah. right? But my point is, when he talks about that Ali Summit, he said, and those were the most elite people of the moment. Yeah. He said everybody paid their own way to be in that room. Everybody, because they had a sense of value to the cause, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Not It wasn't about protecting nobody's check, uh-huh. right? What does Beach always say? He's like, I played football. I'm not a football not a player. It's not who I am. It's, it's not who I, I am. It's what I did. Right. You understand me? I'm a black man. That's who I am, right? So LeBron, LeBron is a basketball, a player, basketball player. Whatever. Right? And we have the same contextual understanding of our being because we're not rooted in any identity. So, again, think about how much we use words and we don't even understand the value of the terminology, right? So we talk about shit like loyalty. You cannot, it's impossible to be loyal if you can be paid for. Oh, yeah, you can be bought. So we talk about that white community who said there's at some point 
You're getting Chase Bank. No, you can't bank here no more, homie. I don't care that you got six billion. Right. Your money has no value no more because my loyalty lies right. to this community. Right? My loyalty lies to this idea. Right. My loyalty lies here. Right. Right? So your six billion is, is like a penny with a fucking hole in it. It means nothing. Don't matter. It don't matter. Don't matter. Right? I look at us and our responses to the yays. I look at uh, us and, and see Bron's responses to the situation. I look at us and Nori, who you say this is your friend. Right? The next day, you're coming out apologizing. Not even the next day. You're on air. The minute that man says the word Jew, you start to talk about how you love everybody. In the original Drink Champs interview that has now been taken down, right? No, it's like, I, I got a bunch of Jewish friends, man. Now, hey, hey, hey. Some of them were in the room. Some of the more powerful ones were in the room. But they didn't stop him. Right? Also, Nori said on, on the Breakfast Club this morning in his apology tour, he said, Ye walked in the room. This is my problem with Ye. Give him enough room here, hang yourself. Give him enough rope here, hang yourself. No, this That's is. That's the Jews. But this is my problem with all of us, right? We're all transactional. Yeah. Right? We're all leveraging and using each other. That's it. That's it. There is no intrinsic value to the relationship. Right. How far can I get off your back? So Ye walks in the room in the Nori's taping. And Nori Show. And Nori Show says, if you edit anything I say, I'm walking out. Even worse than that. I have my own cameras here. If you stop, if you tell them to stop recording, I'm leaving. Yeah. Like you so, can't you can't leave editing editing this posting. He had his own camera people and said, My cameras are rolling. If you make them stop, we leaving. So you you got your own agenda with your own camera crew. And this ain't even to, about my show. You're gonna leverage who you call a friend. And you come in predisposed to make this situation happen. Now, back to Noah's level of intellect. Okay, come on. Right? So you think about this shit. Just like they say a fool and his money will soon part part. ways. Yeah. Right? So Nori's eyes are bigger than his stomach. For sure. I can reel in this big fish. But I can't control it. But I can't control it. You get that motherfucker on the motherfucking reel and And then he didn't take your whole fucking boat He didn't snatch your... And now you out here swimming alone in the middle of the ocean. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And Yang's gonna be like, fuck you. Because he just... Drink Champs has got a monster contract, like the Monster Energy drink. It's got that, right? They've been getting by all his personal relationships. So, Hove, Diddy, they got a couple little things, Triller, whatever, jumped on or some shit. But now y'all getting monster and all this shit. They got nothing to do with this little hip hop community, hip-hop community you in. But I'm going to go, but I'm a, I don't, again, for us as the masses. I'm sorry. The disillusioned. I'm ignorant. Right? I want we to, I want, I want us to put class. Ye's, All this shit he was saying. I want us to put Ye's trajectory in context too, though. Right. Right? So Ye mentions Balenciaga, Polo, every designer you can think yeah, of. Louis Vuitton. Right? All of them. He aspires to be, I wanted to say like them, but that's not even true. Balenciaga. He just aspires what, to be next to them. What's his name, Sid? Right? Let's be clear. Even the shirt, the White Lives Matter shirt, was a, a, a partnership with another grandeur white designer. Sure. Yeah. Gee, you're Kanye West. We make Powered t-shirts. Powered by Balenciaga. Wait, 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 wait. We make t-shirts every week here. Yes, we do. Right? You got $6 billion, fam. You don't need that partnership to make that t-shirt. But that partnership, even in your $6 billion ass mind, validates you. Right? Real quick, though. Don't even... He uses that throughout the context of the first... Of the Nori interview. Balenciaga this and 
whoever. I don't even know these people's names. You know what I mean? Uh, you have Virgil. He was he, his rise to fame came under your tutelage or under your umbrella. Now let me not say your tutelage, right? Don C under your umbrella. All of those people left to go build on to other larger brands. You were angry at Virgil. You were mad that Virgil got the Louis Vuitton job. You was jealous of that because he got your positioning next to the thing that validated you, right? All of that is a reflection of our lack of identity, right? Because back to the sway conversation from the jump, homie, you don't need them. You're you, right? You're you. You don't need them. And his response was, you don't have the answer, sway. Real quick, I just want to finish the whole point. Right? So all of this shit is circular. Yay is the same motherfucker Braun is. Braun is the same motherfucker Nori is. And Puffy is the same motherfucker Braun. It's all circular. They're all the same people. They're all very selfish. They're all buried out for self. And they all have a master. Right? And none of them are anchored into an identity. And the masses of our ignorant asses are looking to these types of people for leadership. That scares the shit out of me. As it should, because those people you just named, no different from the people that we know in our lives, no different from the network we previously partnered with for this fucking podcast. Oh, I wanted to say that so bad. That same nigga. Oh, I was no different. Oh, I was thinking that. Right? It's not. It's it's, it's a selfish thing, and we confront and act like it's a. It's a it's a community. It's a black thing. It's a to the collective thing. Of masses. It's he a comes out every liar. day and says, "We're sending for the black people." When you know you only in it for you, you know that's not what you own. Yeah. But you can leverage that. We had a conversation in the Herbin Two chat today. Another group leveraging that fucking type of energy. What's good about black people? What we can do with black people? You don't fuck with black people. You are, you would you wouldn't be loyal to your relationship. We talking about Yay, fucking only using Nori for his fucking platform to get his message out. We was having a conversation today in the fucking Urban Two chat. Like, cool, we can set that, we could do that, but this is some real fuck shit. And here's why: like, it's 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 not just at this level. It's at every fucking level. It's at the it's at the Nigga, you call and text me every day and you still a fuck, you still on fuck shit level. It's it's this it's everywhere. It's not, it ain't just at the six billion dollar level, it's at the six hundred dollar level, it's at the six dollar level. It may be fucking worse at the six dollar level than the six billion dollar level. Yeah, and, and I, I I wrote a little bit of thing about this yay thing today, but I I I told y'all I went to to see uh, the ex-attorney general, right? And I get in that room, and it's the who's who, the elite of black business in black Chicago, right? And, and, and I'm be, I'm keeping it a bean, right? Eric Holder wrote a book, so he's there talking about his book. Yeah. And I think in the context of the conversation he was having, I was impressed with a lot of things he said. But my mind works overtime in them rooms. As they should. You know what I mean? And I'm looking it's never around. What you actually, it's never what they present. Yeah, I'm never what looking else you at what's see. being presented. You know what I mean? I'm not out of there. Yeah, I know what this show's about. Yeah, what's yeah. this other show that's happening that yeah, ain't yeah. nobody else paying attention to? What's the real to? movie? What's the real movie? Right. You know what I mean? And I'm just looking at that room, and it's it just bothered me just even being there. It bothered me even being there. Because in, in my mind, they represent the same energy of Ye. They represent the same energy of Puffy. Yeah. They represent the same energy of Nori. It's at every level. It's everywhere, G. I was watching. So, 
this was a very chill weekend for me. I was very, very happy to have it. Uh, I've been running myself raggedly or, or burning the candle at both ends, as you and your pops like to put it, which I always like to hear. But I've been doing that a lot. And so this weekend, I got a chance to fucking just chill, and it felt great. The bum-ass Bears weren't playing. They got their ass embarrassingly beat on Thursday night football. Um, so Saturday and most of Sunday, just chilling, right? Um, I watched... The I finally watched the Murder Inc. documentary. I'm not hip. Murder Inc. had a series, like a five, six episode series on BT about the Murder Inc. story. Dope as fuck. I encourage everybody to watch it. Mm-hmm. I have a Irv is a fucking idiot, right? And I got a lot of issues with him. But I also have a great deal of respect for some of the things that he's done, right? A greater deal of respect for some of the things that he's done. Haven't watched it. Same about Ja Rule, too. And mostly around this context. The falling of Murder, Inc. was based around a federal indictment that they got hit with, right? Largely, right? They got hit with the federal indictment. They tried to tie Irv Gotti and his brother, Chris, to Supreme, right? Kenneth Supreme Griff, Mm -hmm. right? And... um. Anyway, they beat the case, whatever, right? But it was just super, super dope, number one, that uh, Irv and his brother stood tall because they was facing 20 years against the feds with a 98% conviction rate, and they offered them six months. Like, look, y'all do six months, just tell us Supreme that y'all was, you know what I'm saying, uh, money laundering for Supreme. First of all, it's like that's not true. But second of all, even if it was, if we take the six months, y'all finna hang my boy. He smoked. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. they stood up to it, faced the 20 years, beat the case. Cool. Shout out to them. But in, in, in that, a couple of things came out. One was how the federal government started to rally and circle around hip hop when they realized what was starting to happen with hip hop. Right, the crossover mass appeal that they were having, the amount of money that they were making, the Bad Boys, the Rockefellers, the Death Rolls, the Murder Inks, and one by one, the Fed said, "Pew, pew, 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 pew." Right, you getting the Fed charge, you getting the Fed charge, you get, we Oprah in this bitch. Everybody gets a fucking Fed charge because if y'all starting to think about it like this, where y'all starting to cut out these major labels, right, or y'all starting to even if y'all don't cut them out, y'all starting to make them sign y'all as a whole, right? You can take my whole, my label will come with you, right? And we can do a 50-50 deal. If y'all starting to think about it like that, how long before y'all start to think about it as, maybe we need to be buying property. Maybe we can buy back the hood and have our own communities and shit like that. That's not going to work. This is all in the fucking documentary. We can't have that. So let's go get them, right? That's one piece. But the other piece that you saw was when the feds came, the amount of people who jumped ship, right? The amount of people who were either signed to Murder, Inc. That was like, mm, yeah, I'm out, right? And I get it. People, the fans knock, people get scared. Mm-hmm. I'm dipping. But the amount of people who took the fucking stand on these two brothers, who took the stand on Irv Gotti and Chris, people who've been feeding y'all. I'm like, yeah. I saw Supreme bring bags of money to the studio for the Nalanda. Not true at all. Prem like, nigga, n- no. Not not true at all. Only thing that saved them was their sister kept very, very meticulous detailed records of their finances. 
And so she had it damn near down to the penny of everything that came in and went out and where. They sister kept them niggas off motherfucker from doing 20 years fair time. Mm-hmm. Mostly. Um, it's, 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 it's wild as hell, G. Just how, how, how people behave and how we understand what the government is going to do. I understand what the government is going to do. When are we going to do something different other than be beholden to the things that we fucking But I don't think we pursue. understand, though, G. Mm. Right? Even when we had Chairman Fred here. Yeah. Right? Do you remember Chairman Fred mentioned Biggie and Tupac? Yeah. And he mentions them in the context of people be like, they couldn't have been assassinated. Yeah. We, we yeah. laugh at the Chris Rock joke. Good point. They couldn't have been assassinated. Them Good niggas point. got shot. Good point. Right? But here's a man who is the son of a man who was assassinated. Good point. So his context is different, right? That's right. And he was assassinated because of his influence. To assume Biggie and Tupac didn't supersede Fred's influence, you'd be crazy. Because the platform of distribution is different. It's a different time. Now, they, the, the message wasn't as powerful. To be a fucking fetus in that house. You have a different experience. You have to. But I'm only saying that because when he sat here and said it, this is a conversation me and you, we've joked about it, we tell a Chris Rock joke, but just hearing those words come out his mouth, man, you look at each other like, oh my God, how ignorant are we? Light bulb. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right? And, and, and I don't know arrogant shit, but I, I pride myself on thinking above the fray. And it was something simple as that statement to say, oh shit, I've been thinking about this in the wrong context. What couldn't Biggie and Pac have done? They was 25 years old. I don't even want to switch jump ship real quick. I'm just saying. Right? I want to, how important this shit is and how we don't really grasp it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. When Laquan McDonald was murdered, I got, I, I say accidentally, invited to a room with the mayor. Because my stature wasn't big enough in my mind to be getting invited to that conversation. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting in the room with heavy-hitting motherfuckers who I idolize, mm-hmm. right? So I'm the little nigga at the table. I ain't saying shit because I don't, this ain't my place right? in my mind. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. Rahm Emanuel represents the same community you ain't talking about. Part of the Israeli army. That's his shit. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Rahm Emanuel was talking so motherfucking reckless in that room. Right, we have these opinions of how this shit plays, but in reality, how this shit plays is very differently. You hear those police, you hear those those FBI wire recordings when they out these motherfuckers. They're not talking like politicians. It's real gangster behind. They're talking like folks in them, right? But we never put the two and two together because we're the masses. You hear the news and we're ignorant (laughs) and we're outside the fray. Right, right. So Rom comes in and says some, in my mind, some wild shit. Right. And I'm looking around the room with my elders who Which I Which one of y'all gonna check him? Who gonna check him? Nobody says shit. None of y'all gonna check him. He's so comfortable, he says some more wild shit. I'm Keep pushing the line. Nobody says shit. My ego couldn't allow for it. Right? So even as the little nigga in the room, I jump out of my body and say some wild shit to him. And he went the fuck off. Mm-hmm. Right? Motherfucker, he talking to me all kind of ways. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I'm not the mayor. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So in my mind, I just beat you. Because I made you jump out your body for a motherfucker who really at the big scheme of things don't matter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's one conversation. Right? We did the downtown Black Pause. Friday shutdown. I don't want you to lose that. Again, like I've, been, like I've said for the third time, it's about power. Surely. It ain't, it ain't that you matter. Surely. Right? It's don't you ever in your 
motherfucking life. Yeah. And I want and, and I, I want I want to do that not only to you, but I want to do that in front of all of them. Everybody, right? Right. Because if you do it, they the tell you laws of power says squash your enemy completely. Kill an ant with a sledgehammer. That's one of yeah. my coaches to say. We playing a weak ass team, beat them by a hundred. Kill an ant with a sledgehammer. But context, even getting back to Chairman Fred, mm-hmm. right? We do the downtown shutdown, right? The Black Friday shutdown. I didn't lead that charge. I was a part of it, right? But in my mind, and I don't have no proof of this, but there was an assumption that the older, the elders at that table was going to handle that or be in charge of that in a different kind of way. So instead of stopping commerce, we're going to parade through the streets, which most black people always do. We're going to march through the streets. But the young people had a different understanding. We're shutting down commerce. We're going to stop the money. We're going to stop the money. Mm-hmm. And the elders at the table couldn't get them young people off them doors. Mm-hmm. Hence... The mayor recognized them elders ain't in control no more. Mm-hmm. His mind says, well, who the fuck? Who's the young dude popping Who's the early? motherfucker that threatened me? Right. Right? I don't have no relationship with this man. This man called my cell phone a day or two later. I'm like, how the fuck you get my number? Right? And and he, he didn't say nothing damaging or nothing. He just said, I'm calling to check on you. Oh, because now I got to get you close. No, Come no, here. no. No, no. Come here. No, that's a war tactic. That's a G-check. Motherfucker, I can touch you when I want to touch you. I know. You know what I'm saying? Anytime I want to touch your little puss ass, I can touch you. My hand to God, I went right upstairs to my wife and said, baby, I think I fucked up. Right? When I left that room, all them elders ran to them TV cameras. I ran away from them. At the back. Because I knew I did not have the structure to talk the shit I was talking. Mm-hmm. It was an illusion. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I ain't got no power. I just got a big ass mouth and a lot of heart. Right? That go a long now way that sometimes. shit goes a long way, but at the same time, if you can't back that shit, if you ain't got no army, a motherfucker with an army will test your armor. It's how it works. That's it. Right? So when we see What you teach me all the time about about Deceline. Yeah, Deceline said killing motherfuckers, all of them. How many of them is what I'm talking about? What you mean? It was 80, then it was 17. Oh no, that wasn't Deceline. Oh shit, I'm tweaking, I'm tweaking, I'm tweaking. Yeah, I'm tweaking, that's I'm tweaking. that's Che Guevara. I'm talking about Che Guevara. Right. And, and, and Fidel Castro, right? 17 men took over a fucking country. That's what I'm that's what I'm talking about. Right? But they was dedicated. Right, right, right. Right? So my my but the 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 the, the connection to this story is that everything, I ain't gonna say everything, because Jay's insane. Mm-hmm. Right? And Ye is the motherfucker who reads the cliff notes and think he understands all of the stories. Sure. Uh, you don't, bro. You don't got the context. You don't have the information, fam. Right? And you need counsel or you need to shut up and have somebody in front of you who can speak to these issues. But who's going to do that when everybody around you is as aspirational as everybody who doesn't know you? Surely. Right? But because you're jumping out of body, just like I did in that room with the mayor, Mm -hmm. they're going to test your armor. Mm -hmm. Right? I I don't have the yay status quo. Right? But when I could disrupt commerce, even in the mind of the mayor. Right. Oh, let me holler at you, fam. It's wartime. Right? Let you know something. Let me know. Let me t- let me let me holler at you for a minute. There's some straightening need to happen remember, around remember, here. Remember in American Gangster when the cop, the crooked cop pulled Denzel Washington over? He was like, uh, he was like, or oh, would you rather your house blows up next time? We can have it either way, G. Stop, stop playing with me, G. What, what Benny and them say? Get down and lay down. You better make a decision before we do. The right? cop said, oh, would you, would, you rather, would you rather I start running? He said, would you rather your house blows up next time? Stop or even, you know, Jedediah did a live a couple weeks ago. Okay. And he got in-depth about his own story. 
Okay. And if you hear some of the gangster shit that went on with Jedediah, it would be unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And all this shit was pushed into play by people who are public servants. Yeah. By definition, they are public servants. Sure. Right? Allegedly. So I only bring forth all this to say, even though Ye don't have all the information, right? People hold fast to those industries, hold fast to their money, hold fast to their wealth, hold fast to their identity, like their life depends on it. So to think when you threaten that at any level, they're not going to react like my life depends on it. You're foolish. You're going to get spanked. You're foolish, right? Our problem, though, is we refuse to mature as a populace. Sure. Right? So when you refuse to mature as a populace, you always got to respond to what daddy tells you to do. Mm -hmm. Now, he comes out about the Jewish community, and this is not even a new conversation. Mm -hmm. Right? We've had these conversations for generations about how they just take advantage of our communities in a lot of ways. But I have a different understanding of that. Yeah. Right? I think of what the, the industry that they run and dominate is entertainment mostly. Right? Where do we profit at the most? In entertainment. Right? But let's look at every other community. Right? The Arabs own the corner stores. We don't push back on the Arabs in that same capacity. Mm. They're snatching money out of our communities. Mm-hmm. They're doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Right? More directly. The Somalians and the, and, the, and the East Africans, they own the parking lots. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about that. It's the same thing. Every community, because they have an identity, they can grasp a hold of an industry. Right. We just haven't grasped hold of an industry. And we're bad because we act like children and daddy is going to continually give us an allowance instead of us having ownership. There you go. That's what it is. Because it's not like we haven't created an industry that we dominate. Well, well, we just don't we, own that motherfucker. Were we trying to um, grasp? You said earlier you were talking about, um, I think it was you, you were talking about the um, Irv Gotti or the Murder mm-hmm. Inc. podcast. And mm-hmm. so it sounds like we were trying to grasp a hold of Is your mic on evil? Yeah. Okay. Like hip-hop as a community, right? I mean, as an industry, perhaps. And then that was... But That's kind of like what you just said, right? But, yeah. I, but I say it's yay and nay. I say yes and no, Right? Because even in the context of how we speak about hip-hop, we call hip-hop the culture, right? So we're inviting to everybody, right? Fat Joker say nigga is blatantly as anyone else. We advantage of it the way that we could or we're not. Hear what I'm saying though, right? It's this all-inclusive kind of journey. The Somalians don't let you get parking lots. The Arabs don't let you get corner stores. The Jewish community is not going to let you get TV and music. It's the power and control. It is not a collective thing. It is, this is our group. This is what we control. This is what we dominate. Because we lack identity, we can't even identify our group. So we say shit like, hip-hop is our culture. So a gay person is going to come to hip-hop, homosexual, but he's going to take his resources back to the homosexuals. Uh, We laughing, but it's real. It's true. Right? It's even how black people engage in homosexual culture. When you start to wear an LGBT flag over your black flag, you're being played. You understand me? Because gay don't matter in the context of white, black, or racial identity. It just don't. And the resources get broken down via racial identity. It is what it is. Right? So we, again, to the point of the, the totality of the conversation, you ain't necessarily wrong about all the shit he said. But you have a responsibility here. Now, and it's a larger conversation than even that. I'm not excusing the impacts of slavery. I'm not excusing the responsibilities of the American government that owe us reparations for the 
eons of taking advantage of our, our forefathers, right? But if we understand who we are, why we are, what our responsibility is, which I say, yeah, you don't have the information, right? Then the army should be formed to fight on all of those fronts, right? They, 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 they undergirded Jewish wealth at some levels, the American government, right? The undergirded Asian wealth, the American government. We're about to watch them undergird Hispanic wealth. We're watching them now. It's taking, it's happening in our face right now. But the reason that takes place, because all of those other communities are organized, focused, and have an identity. Period, right? The Asians represent 3% of the voting populace. 3%, right? The other day, well, not the other day, but last election cycle, in the COVID bill that came out, they also put in a hate, Asian hate crime bill. Here's 3% of the voting populace, right? 12 of them got injured in some Asian hate crime shit, right? Our whole existence has been hate crime, right? We can't get them to pass the fucking George Floyd police violence bill. This shit was on national television, had riots, but we're not, we don't, we show up for the party, we show up for the riot, we don't show up for the work. That's just what it is. So if that's the case, and I'm daddy, I used to do this shit to my kid, right? I'll show you some shit, you're gonna forget about it. And I ain't gotta talk about it no more because you ain't paid attention no more. You become numb to it, you know? And if it's no leader or no one or no one in your face that you're able to come together with, what do you do? Which you're saying, the, the Diddies, the Yays, the LeBrons, these people that are being put forth as the culture are the ones who... But they just blood, they just dark-skinned bloodsuckers just like the people you're angry at. Yeah. That's Kanye, you're the same thing. Yeah. Right? That's why Virgil's success wasn't something that you celebrated. You were jealous of. Mm-hmm. Even though you're the richest black man in the history of America, quote-unquote. Right? Virgil gets a job that positions him next to the white demigod that you value. Now you're mad at Virgil. Because you, just like the other uh, entities, have this very savage-like metric-based value set that says, I, it can only be one king, and it got to be me. And king is represented by my trajectory or four-way into finance. Right? I, somebody said this a long time ago on a TV show or something like that I was watching. And they was like, man, Jay-Z is rich as hell. You know, and then at this time, he was probably the wealthiest rapper. Right? But they was like, but in the lexicon of black life, who's going to be remembered longer? Jay-Z or Dr. King? And Dr. King was broke. Malcolm was broke. Right? Harry Belafonte sent the King children to college. King was poor. You know what I mean? And check this shit out. The reversal of roles. King comes from what was essentially black wealth. He denied the wealth to go serve the people. The whole come from poverty and then deny the people for the wealth. And again, I ain't mad at nobody getting to the bread. I ain't never Me making neither. that argument. Me neither. Right? It's how you go about it and what you do with it. It's the bread as a tool, though. Right. That's it. That's all it is. What it's you a do with tool. it. It's not an identity. It's just a tool. But to the beach point, I play football. That's what I do. That's not who I am. But these people, this is who they are. And I ain't mad at that. But our idolizing of those images and those symbols is failing us. It is. But it's, 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 
it's at every level though. Again, it's 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 at the rich level. So I think that we talk about the Jordans, the Yays, the Jay Zs, the Oprahs, the whomevers of the world, and we talk about the the onus or responsibility that they should have in terms of uplifting the black community as a collective. And I I agree with that, right? But I think that the, the mentality needs to be the same across the board. And so, okay, maybe I'll you have an onus. Agree, that's what I'm saying. So maybe maybe at the six billion dollar Kanye level. You're like, oh, you need to be giving this much to do that. Cool. But if we were to find out, right, whatever that number would be for you. So if Ye got $6 billion and maybe his number to give is, I don't know, $100 million, right? Then what is that number for you? Would you give it? See, even at for the, me. At the, at the, at the $50,000 level, whatever your number is, are you giving that to the collective? For me. Are you putting on in that way? For me, the number is inconsequential. The 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 hear me what I'm saying. Though. The impact, the production, what I, it don't have to be money. But hear me what I'm saying though. The numbers inconsequential, mm-hmm. right? What it what it what it uh uh what's the sister name does the footwork? Uh, uh, uh booby booby Deshaun Battle. Yeah, shout to booby Shadon. I'm talking right. About she said being Shadon. black is a political declaration. Yeah, and I agree. So I just said Harry Belafonte sent King's kids to college, mm-hmm. right? Harry Belafonte was the Denzel Washington of his era, right? I don't know what else contributions Harry Belafonte made to that movement. I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But what I do know is that every word that Harry Belafonte uttered was in support of those people in front of that movement. Sick. Right, and he didn't waver from that lifestyle because he was not pushing forth this very—I don't even want to say savage, but this very trend. The people is my value set. Period. Muhammad Ali, even though he had Rolls Royces, you could not be unclear about the people are my value set. That's first, right? And and I'm not putting the responsibility on the onus of them. It was a collective cultural movement. That's what I'm saying. It's, It's it's top to bottom. It's top to bottom. And I'm saying from top to bottom, it's all shifted. Right. But why did that shit why did that shit work then? Because you wasn't allotted opportunity into the soulless, into the moralless, into the spiritless corruptness of capitalism. You had the nigga water fountain. You was very clear about where you stood on this line. So all I got is the people on this side of the line. Yeah. Truth, that's all you still got. Yeah, that's but, all the Jews got. That's all the Italians got. That's it's this. That's all the Asians got. Is the people who stand on your side of the line. It gets flawed when you begin to think that there is some inroads to be made to the other side of that line, right? So whether you King or Malcolm, and you like, okay, let me go sit down with the president and work this shit out. Ain't nothing to be worked out here, G. I play for this team, you play for that team. It ain't nothing that we can work out that's going to be like, hey, I'm going to let you put your ball in my basket, you pump with yours in my... There ain't nothing we can work out here. The best thing we can do is understand that I play for this team, you play for that motherfucking team. Go do your shit. And that's the, the best thing that we can do. And the negotiation isn't for me. The negotiation no. is for the collective. It's, and, and, now it's, and now it's for my team. It ain't, right. ain't about me. And so it's, But what happens is, once you get people who are rising to that level, right, to where you think that they can actually... Utilize their gifts, their talents, their platform to advance their team. How I get this nigga in my jersey? You know what I'm saying? Not really. He don't really play for us. But how I get him in my jersey though? You know what I'm saying? And so, again, at the king level, that might be 
come talk to the fucking president. At the LeBron level, that might be heard you want to hold you want to own an NBA franchise, nigga. Nike give you a hundred million, nigga. At the fucking Kanye level, it's whatever. It's 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 the same thing. At the at the fucking Tucson level, it's the mayor of the third largest city in Chicago. Call your motherfucking phone. Hey, nigga, what was that shit you were talking in the motherfucking meeting the other day? We don't like that. Let me let me. You okay? You all right? You got a fucking headache? But you got to make a decision. So in 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 in, uh, Breaking Bad, also one of my favorite shows, right? Gus Fring, the fucking meth boss, the black dude that played all this shit, right? Dude from uh, uh, Fresh and all that shit, right? He like Walter, the white dude, right? Heisenberg do some wild shit, some shit he told him not to do. So he come up to him, they meet in the middle of the desert. He walk up to him, he said, "Has your cancer come back?" He said, "Huh." Say, is your cancer return? Are you sick? Are you ill? Are you hearing ringing in your fucking ears? He's like, no, I'm perfectly fine. You can't be perfectly fine. No perfectly fine, reasonable person would do as you have done. That's what the fuck, that's what Ron meant when he said, are you okay? Mm-hmm. Are you okay? Yeah, but there's something the fuck wrong with you. I'll say this about Ye too, right? And it's, it, 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 it's also probably a reflection of his ignorance, Right? It creates motherfucking elephantitis. Like, you get balls big as bowling balls. You know what I mean? Like, you got a level of gumption that to stand on TV and say George Bush does not care about black people. It's not a, just like we said the other day when we was like, there's not a man in in, in America, black man specifically, that's going to say the shit that Jeff Ford said. No. Right? No. Jeff Ford told the police on national television, you come your ass over here, we going to kill you essentially. Right? That moment that Ye was on TV and say, you don't care about black people, that's why he's gay. It's one of those moments. That's a Jeff Fort moment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even the shit he said on Jig Trans with the level of ignorance that he spews, it's one of those moments, right? The problem is, is that it's yay saying it, right? It takes a level of insanity to have that kind of gumption when you're in a sea of fucking cowards. Because cowardice is what's, is, is what's valued, yeah. right? I, I, we had a show that we did a while back called The Riser or The the, the, the Riser, The Beta Male or something like that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. It is legitimately the beta male that's valued as the alpha in this lexicon. It's the motherfucker who falls in line the best that is seen as the winner. Yes. Yes. Right? Who can assimilate deeper? The best. That's it. Yeah, we that's live it. in the fucking twilight zone. Even though right? that assimilation is not to your benefit. It's not. It is not to your benefit, but that's what it is. But when you get a, when you, when, look, they talk about building a school, right? And where though? Where? Fucking Calabasas? Mm-hmm. Who you, you know what I mean? Yeah. But that's. I, I, I went to the fucking school. I saw the fucking school. But that is his people. And I, that's the argument I'm making. That's bronze people. That's post people. That's their people. We ain't they people. So stop looking to them for leadership. They're not leading you. They're using you. Agreed. That's it. But if the aspiration is for your kid to go to the school in Calabasas, you all for the, f- the fuck shit. You with it. Which is Sign the, me up for that, boss. Where, the reason why I, I wrote the op-ed the other day. You mad at the White Live t-shirt, right? But you spend every moment of your day trying to get little Jamal in the whitest school you can. You can't wait to move away from the neighborhood. You want to move to whiter pastures. What's worse, the t-shirt or that philosophy? It's the philosophy. Right? 
Whereas the minute you move there, that white community is getting fucked about your way. You have it now. It's been tainted. It's the philosophy. Right? Yeah. That, I, I always mention Yvette Cornell and Antonio Moore, the inventors of the ADOS movement. Shout out to both. One of the quotes that will never leave me that they say that was that black people are a contagion to wealth. And it's true. It's true because we're only getting it second hand. Right. White people in control of 99% of the wealth. Right. And the moment I don't want you so to have I don't it, fuck I can with snatch you. it back. When you come, we take that shit over here. That's it. That's it. And we, again, when I said the other day, we ain't fully figured this shit out. It's fucked up, man. Right. It's, it's, it's horrible, that, bro. That is, that is, that is a, a, a lot on that, on that yay piece, man. I know we got to get up out of here real soon. Let's run through a couple things that we just wanted to mention on just briefly. Uh, you touched on this, this idea of raising uh, young men who assimilate best into white culture or American culture. A teacher came out and says, uh, criticizing black women specifically, she said that um, uh, I got the bitchiest boys in the world in my classroom right now. Mm-hmm. And they fired her. And they fired her. Of course, she was gonna get fired. She was gonna get fired. There's no way around that. You don't get fired popping off like that. Yeah, yeah. You can. You can't that doesn't make her wrong. Though. You can't get around that one, right? That don't. Right. That doesn't make her wrong. It was a fireball offense. She was gonna get fired for it. But I don't know that I disagree with her though. Right? I think we are, by and large, raising the bitchiest generation of boys that. Certainly, I've seen in my lifetime. So I, I don't want to put all that onus on black women either, right? The onus is on the black unit, the black family. We failed, you know what I mean? And 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 in that, now I will say this though, right? Because it is the beta that is being elevated as the value one, because the beta gets to assimilate, right? He gets to get the job. He gets to sure. If we pay attention to just our lives, right? And most of the time you interact with somebody doing business is usually retail, mm-hmm. right? So if you're not specifically employed in a place, you're only seeing workers in retail situations in most instances, mm-hmm. right? Probably for the last 10 years, I've been very cognizant of all of the black men I see working publicly. And what have you and noticed? if they're not gay, they're walking the line. I'm not saying they're gay. I'm, I don't know. It's very gayish. I don't know what your sexual behaviors and preferences are, but your whole energy is very, very feminine, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So much so that I have to start questioning and asking myself, yeah. where is the masculine version of black manhood in the workforce? Does it exist? No, and I and, and I think there. I think there's. I think that, I think. It got to exist somewhere, bro. Sure. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it exists somewhere. Cool. But I'm saying, what I'm about to say is that there are, there have to be pros, in, in my mind, there are pros and cons to that, right? Mm-hmm. On the con side, certainly, there is a, a um, typecast that's being looked for in terms of the job market. Who, who is deemed hireable? Who is deemed somebody that I want to be representative of my company or whatever the fuck it is, right? There's a type of person we want for that. Cool. That's not cool if, if, if that's all f- emasculated, feminine black men. On the other side, I think it's kind of a natural process for masculine dominant black men to be like, yeah, something is the fuck wrong here. I think those type of men should be like, yeah, something is the fuck wrong here. I got to go do something else. 
I got to go start some shit. I got to go build some shit. I got to go create some shit. And I think that's, you're kind of seeing both of those things play out at the same time. So Prime, who was in the news last week for his encounter at midfield after the game with Eddie Robinson Jr. when Jackson State played Alabama State, mm-hmm. was back in the crosshairs this week for an interaction he had with a reporter in which Prime was trying to encourage the dude, imploring the dude to not cold switch in his discussions with Prime. He's like, yo, tell me how you always talk to me when these cameras ain't here. Talk to me regular. And the dude, every time he went back, you know, to start to restart the interview, he kind of just naturally fell into his reporter voice. Um, certainly something I empathize with him for. I try to be very intentional um, about my voice inflection, my word choice, all those things when I am reporting. And it's difficult, right? You kind of naturally fall into this reporter mode that has a different cadence and inflection and things like that. Um, Some of it is just about being, you know, professional and doesn't have to do with whiteness per se. Um, But I get what Dion was trying to say. I think Dion was trying to do the right thing. I think he was doing it the wrong way. I feel like he was kind of bullying the homie. And uh, uh, I know Ifo was telling us that they friends or whatever. And so they, they, you know, they just kind of go back and forth with each other like that. But in the moment, it did seem to me like Dion was, was, was bullying the brother a little bit, even though Dion's premise was correct. Yeah, you know, I don't know. You know what I mean? I said the other day that I struggle with communication, right? But I struggle, I only struggle with communication with those I love. Right. 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 I'm fully aware of whatever room I'm in and how to communicate messages in those rooms. Yeah. And I adjust accordingly. Yeah. Right. That don't change that don't mean I change my messaging, but it's a it's a different process to communicating in different spaces. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just is what it is. Like, just thinking about this, right? We do we do VON, right? We did VON for X amount of years, yeah, yeah. right? There's yeah. no cursing on VON, right? You know what I mean? A different delivery. None of us, be. neither of us, struggle with that. No, you know what I mean. No. Uh, but when we're here, we're talking to our people in a way, and this is on purpose too, yeah. right? That's part of the branding on this show. We want to communicate in a way that is comfortable, and it feels like we're in a stupor in the garage, right? Right? Because we want to elevate the thinking of the people who usually don't get beyond the stupor the garage, right? You know what I mean? And I think unconsciously we go into VON. It's a different environment with different expectations. And the thought of saying motherfucker never crosses our minds. Don't don't happen. You know what I mean? It just don't happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I just, you know, I don't know. I think prime, prime is prime, right? And how do you be prime and not be arrogant? It's just almost an impossibility. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it is. It's an impossibility, right? So sometimes that shit takes a hold of you. Yeah. You know, I think he was out of body there. Yeah. I thought he was out of body with the Eddie Robinson Jr. shit, personally. No, you did. You know what I mean? I didn't, but I know you did. Yeah. Uh, I thought he was, again, I thought he was right in terms of what he was trying to communicate to the black reporter. I just thought he was bullying him a little bit and also not understanding just that kind of natural thing that takes place uh, for reporters in those spaces. Um, last thing, man. Huge, huge, huge shout out to Ice Cube, man. Uh, you've talked about recently, and I'm trying to think what we were talking about. We were talking about Red Grant. We're talking about the comedian Red Grant, and you know he's about to run for mayor of DC. And you mm-hmm. were talking about being proud of him for elevating and growing and evolving as he's matured. I think that the elevation, the evolution of 
Ice Cube over the years has been extremely, extremely admirable, right? As a dude who come from the hood, and I'm not saying he was the most gangster nigga or the whatever, whatever, but as a dude who came from the hood, who gained his fame and notoriety through rapping hardcore gangster rap with niggas with attitude to then evolve into this super successful movie producer, director, actor, and then now to start the big three. He's always been a huge sports fan. We've always seen him at the games and repping his teams and that kind of thing. But to start the big three, which if you don't know for whatever reason, is a basketball league. It is a three-on-three half-court basketball league that travels around the country. And now internationally, um, it features a lot of former NBA players. Um, and it's, it's, it's really grown in popularity. It's now being featured on CBS and things like that. They've got a lot of huge sponsorships. And it has been officially certified as the first black-owned sports league. Huge shout-out to Q, man. Couldn't be more proud of that, brother, for real. Something just dawned on me when you was making the statement you made about Cube mm-hmm. and his evolution. One of the other stories that we said we was going to chime in on was Jamaica banning violent oh, yeah. TV and radio. Yeah. Right? But Cube's inception was violent mm. radio. Fuck the police. Fuck the police. And, and kill niggas. Right? But I just had an aha moment. Mm-hmm. If I think about Cube at 16. Sure. And the shit he was writing for NWA, because he was damn near writing the whole group's yeah, lyrics. Easy, everybody. Drink. Right? <laughs> and the shit he was writing for himself. Right? I think there's this misconception, and this is about us not controlling our narratives as well. Mm-hmm. Right? Speak on that. That's, like, I, I think like that the, the concept of gangster rap was imagined by someone outside of our community. Sure. Right? Because in a lot of ways, the shit that NWA was saying was really politically charged rap. Yeah. Right? It's poetry. Now, back to us not controlling our narrative and us not being rooted in identity. Like I said, you keep pouring cream in the coffee, eventually you ain't got coffee no more. You got right. an aberration. It's some different shit. Right. So I'm, and I only bring this to the forefront because I also remember interviews Q would do at the time and you could always recognize the intellect that Q was operating from. Sure. And he was challenging the motherfuckers who was interviewing him. Mm-hmm. Like, how dare you, you know, fuck you. Yeah. Right? But... I remember a conversation I was having with Boog, and Boog is a Grammy award-winning in producing hip-hop today, and yeah. he's my brother. Yeah. And we would have these conversations, and it relates to the Jamaica banning violent music and TV. And Boog would say this to me. He's like, it ain't the fact that it's violent or vulgar or none of that shit. He said the problem with the music today is that it doesn't have any message. Mm. It's not the language. It's not the tone. It's that it doesn't have any message. It's not good, bad, or indifferent. It's nothingness. Mm-hmm. It don't stick to your ribs. There's no soul food in it. Mm-hmm. It's fast food. Mm-hmm. Right? It's the aberration of what happens when you keep pouring cream in the coffee. Mm. It has no intrinsic value anymore. Mm. And this is somebody who's in that industry who's making, true. you know what I'm saying, money no, off of popularizing this shit. It's a very good point. Right? So you look at even hip hop today. And you'll get a J. Cole, you'll get a Kendrick, and you even, for that matter, even a Drake, who's not considered an intellectual or deep rapper. Sure. He's on the party side, but even on the party side, it's a message to the party. Mm-hmm. Right? That's why they stand above the crowd of or the sea of 
those other hundred thousand. Sure. Because the shit they make has staying power. Sure. Right? Things of value have no fear of time. Mm. They're going to always be valuable. I heard somebody else say this shit one time too. He was like, you know, if you think about how trends work, right? A trend will pop fast and it'll make a lot of money. You see a lot of motherfuckers jumping on the trend. Sure. Right? But 10 years later, whatever that trend was is has no Fair value. Right. Where something that has a slow burn can still be intrinsically valuable 10 years later. No doubt. Right? We abuse our cultural creations because we don't value them. Mm-hmm. Everyone else defines the narrative for us, even our art forms, mm-hmm. which is why we keep creating them with every generation mm-hmm. because we don't take ownership in them. Jazz is uniquely ours, but 30 years later, it's not ours. Right. Blues was uniquely ours, but 30 years later, it's not ours. Right. Jazz still survives, but it don't survive in black households. Right. Blues still survives, but it don't survive in black households. Right. 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 My, my godmother, Beach's wife, is a is a, 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 a music industry lawyer. Right. And she only specifically, well, I don't want to say only, but her, her client base is largely jazz musicians. They're largely all white. You understand what I'm saying? But this is an art form that we created, but because we didn't value it, right? We treated it like a trend. Mm-hmm. So we got it while the getting was good, but 10, 30 years later, it's these white people still eating off what Control. we created. Yeah. Same thing's gonna happen to hip hop. For sure. And Already. then the next generation is gonna come with whatever the new shit it is. Yeah. But that just, so I'm only bringing that to the forefront one to one mention the Jamaican shit where we're gonna ban this music and TV. At some levels, I fuck with that. Violence and drug television. At some levels, I rock with that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But at the crux or, or the core level, what we got to do is invest in our people, right? We gotta, we gotta create cubes. Right? Yeah. Kids who are educated and can speak to whatever issues in the language that the people can hear, just like us saying this is intellectual thuggery. That's why that's that's why I find so intriguing about what you're saying, because I've really been evolving in my thought processes of 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 this, you know, the music and the messaging and all that. We've talked to Brother Kwabanon, Clear the Airways, and shout out to all the work they do. Um, but it's it's been a slow process for me to come to that side because I was I started off on the complete opposite end of the spectrum with Brother Quab and I like, yeah, no, I hear you, but I like some of this, I like some of this music, some of this gangster rap and drill music, whatever, and it don't make me want to shoot nobody, right? And so, but I've, I've slowly kind of come over to the other side. I ain't to where he's at yet, but I've slowly moved closer to that direction. But what you just put in my mind is like, well, shit, here we are, big up in Cube and acknowledging his great evolution. We don't get Cube without first being introduced to him where he was as a kid growing up in Compton or LA, where the fuck he was at. Um, we don't get that. We don't get the big three. We don't get the, are we there yet? We don't get Friday even. But for the young dude who was spitting venom with niggas with attitude. But I'd argue but there was a message there. pulling the layer back one more level though. Mm-hmm. We don't get him with whatever the academic anchoring was in the beginning. Whatever I don't even want to say academic, let's say the intellectual anchoring sure. was in the beginning. Sure. Right? I've slowly become a fan of Boosie. Boosie badass. Yeah. yeah. Right? And yeah. on the surface, Boosie's an ignorant motherfucker. Yeah. Right? And I said earlier, I like to do hood rash shit with my friends. Put your pussy lips so on don't, live, I get so, so don't confuse me. Right. right? <laughs> but if you really listen to Boosie's music, message. It's deep. 
It's got a message. Boosie's and talking some things. And I only bring this forward because he was on some show the other day and it was like, yeah, niggas ain't reading. And Boosie's like, no, motherfucker, I read all the time. Yeah, I mean, Boosie, Boosie was on Drink Champs too and he was talking about reading while he was in prison and all that and and all the different books that he was that he was into and wanted to come out and, and inspire him to, to write and make movies and all that. And he's I ain't saying now. reading is the definitive. My point is he's anchored and he wants to know. Yeah. And that's a value asset to want to know. Yeah. Right? Because of the transactional nature of just American culture, though, if I see the trend, if I can get the hookup, yeah. I'm jumping out the window to catch the trend. How many motherfuckers say I ain't a rapper, I'm a hustler? Yeah. Then get the fuck out the way. Right. Go hustle somewhere. Go hustle somewhere. Get the fuck out the way. Because this is art. And it is influencing the culture. Right? Now, I got problems with that. But in regards to like the responsibility to our people, the responsibility to ourselves. Right? Well, if this ain't what you do, then don't do it. And it. as a consumer, you shouldn't allow a motherfucker to tell you the shit, the product that you consume and he has no value in. Mm. He's telling you, I have no value in the shit I'm selling you. Mm. By the very essence of you saying, nah, I ain't no rapper, I'm a hustler. Then why the fuck am I buying this product from you? Right. Why well, I'm letting you hustle me. Why well, I'm letting you hustle me. Right. Right? But again, back to the epitomizing masses. Right? To be outside the fray, to not know. We got to stop celebrating ignorance, Joe. Well said. Let's leave it there for today. Thank y'all so much for tuning in to this edition of Herb and Two. We hope you found it to be very intellectual and a little bit thuggish. Uh, we appreciate y'all for tuning in. Please share with somebody. We'll be back on Friday with another Relationship Friday edition of Herb and Two. Huge shout out to Jake for doing all of the hard work. Jamal? My man, Jake Maul. Jake Maul. <laughs> <laughs> Jake went back to the crib to Michigan this weekend. So, Jacob? <laughs> there were four of them? Hey, that's still going to be one of the funniest things that I've from this show but anyway man we'll be back here on Friday thank y'all so much again for tuning in shout out to E4O for doing all of the hard work before the cameras during the cameras after the cameras shout out to Akeem on the editing peace for two my name is Herb y'all be good to each other peace salam alaikum